Welcome to the Salted Caramel Podcast. This is a podcast where we get to blast the Lord's work all over the nations to our listeners all over the world. We got several in Brazil and Canada, and I am your host, David Cook, the Stewardship Director here at Our Lady of Mount Carmel. With me is my vivacious co-host, Jody Curtis. Jody, who's our guest today? Our guest today is my friend, Ken Pack. Ken, welcome to Salted Carmel. And can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and your connection to Our Lady of Mount Carmel? Uh, yeah, uh, uh, as you said, my name is Ken Pack. I am uh, working in human resources at a uh, local school district. Uh, I'm an attorney by training uh, and a failed musician, basically. Uh, <laughs> my uh, tie to Our Lady of Mount Carmel um, is that is uh, is where I've been baptized and been a parishioner for 20 years. Both of those have happened, uh, not by coincidence. Um, and uh, I'm raising uh, five kids and my wife is raising a husband. <laughs> That's hard work. <laughs> I'm incorrigible. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure she's glad you failed as a mu- musician, though. That she yeah, <laughs> doesn't have to worry about that. Well, when we were dating, she that's when I knew she wanted 10 kids and uh, I, I was getting a teaching degree. So uh, I, I moved, <laughs> that's not going to do it. Wow. That's awesome. You said you were baptized here. You said you were here for 20 years and you said it wasn't by coincidence. What do you mean by that? Well, I, I had, it was conversion. I was, uh, so, so my conversion story basically starts in 1999 and I was raised Christian. I was, um, and, and I believe for almost my entire life at that point, uh, into my twenties as what happens to a lot of people, I started dwindling off and, and losing it and becoming, uh, uh, less and less inclined to believe. I, I was agnostic. I was never uh, uh, what I would consider atheist. And I don't know that I could have ever said that I wasn't, I, I could never bring myself to say, I don't believe in Jesus. I could never believe, I could never bring myself to do that. But I was also sort of one of these people shrugged and, uh, and did, did not pay much attention to my interfaith life. Uh, yeah, the winter of 98-99 was a trying one for me. Um, I was uh, approaching 27, which is not very old, but it felt old to me at the time. I was working at a guitar store. Uh, I did not have a degree at this point. Um, I, I, I don't have a girl. I don't have much of anything, you know, and, and I'm very much uh, wallowing and spinning my wheels and, and uh, not a very happy camper. Uh, and one day uh, out by where the apartments I lived in, there was a park and I was walking through the park. And it's this wonderful spring day. Uh, birds are singing, the, the kids, you can hear it. And I felt none of it. Like I was still chilled to the to the core and I hated it. I didn't, I didn't like it. I didn't like the way it felt. It felt because this is my birthday month. This is normally when I, you know, am kind of a happy camera coming out of uh, winter. Uh, and I think I said the first honest prayer that I have said uh, probably in, in a long time before then. Uh, I was really desperate. And, and I had kind of been chewing around the edges about my faith at that point. Not very much. I, I would sometimes, I think, say things like, I hope you understand God, right? And I, that would come up. If you're there, I hope you still understand. I, I really don't. I just can't commit. Hmm. Uh, and, and I really just kind of broke down. I can remember sitting in the grass next to this creek and then just saying, Lord, if you are there, I want to believe. I, I, show me you're there and I will believe. And I felt this great weight lift. Uh, I felt immediately better, and it, I really felt as if somebody had whispered in my ear, I thought you would never ask. And that day was the, the turning point in what would be uh, uh, my conversion. It was, it was the day my life started over, I think. 
Uh, and as often happens, uh, he started planning people uh, in my life. So I was working at the guitar store uh, and there was a girl who's taking guitar lessons there that oh, I kind of took a fancy to her and uh, one time ventured uh, to ask her out. Um, and uh, she said, yes, and it was uh, Mary Bielski, who is a national Catholic speaker now. Awesome. I'm gonna, if I can uh, plug her, you know, uh, <laughs> she's awesome and, and available for bookings. Um <laughs> But uh, in the end, over the summer, we just became very good friends. Um, and she was going to be going to Europe and the uh, uh, starting for the fall semester. And then we, over time, made arrangements that I would join her there. But as we're as we're talking about this, um, I'm you know, discovering the Catholic Church for the first time and through her. I mean, it was really was the first time. And I also had uh, a very. Um, uh, evangelical boss at the time who I adore. He's a great man. Uh, but obviously when he uh, found out I was thinking about Catholicism or even questioning it, oh, he had everything. He had the whore of Babylon. He had the, they worship statues, statues. I remember one of the things that he said was, well, you know why they put uh, Jesus on the crucifix all the time in church is because they don't believe he rose. You know, and I, <laughs> stuff like that where I know. And and I would go to Mary. And I said, no, no, that's not true. And, and, it was uh, a learning experience over that summer and, and into the fall. Um, so we're making arrangements. Uh, I'll meet her in, in Europe and we'll just kind of travel together. Uh, you know, she was happy I think, to not be a woman traveling alone. And I was just happy to not be alone. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so uh, uh, we uh, made pl- I asked her to make some plans maybe for uh, uh, New Year's Eve when she came back into town. Um, and, uh, she uh, said, well, I can't. I've already, already got her arrangements made with somebody else. We're going to be going down to, to midnight mass in, this, uh, in another city. And she invited me along. Uh, and uh, so I picked her up. And we went to go pick up the couple that we were uh, going to meet. Uh, and when I rounded around into the, to the garage, they were standing in the garage, this couple, and, and saw this incredibly cute girl uh, who would later become my wife. So that was the day I met my wife, too. So uh, basically, that's the start of my conversion. Uh, I then uh, started talking to both my wife and, and, and uh, who, uh, whose name is Beth, uh, and has done so much for me uh, and my my growth and faith, and, and it's such a wonderful example for me. And I, uh, my kids are lucky to have her as much as I am because she's she's amazing what she does. Um, and I wanted to become Catholic, but I'm getting ready to go to Europe. You know, it's uh, 2000. I'm going to go to Europe. It's a jubilee year uh, in, in Rome and. I've decided now I want to become Catholic. I've done all the research. I mean, I, I'm an intellectual in that sense, and I was not about to just go, eh, I'll become Catholic. Why not? Uh, and I had been tested by my boss. Um, and I, so I, I, I scoured the Internet. I found all the things that were wrong that people said about it, and, and I was convinced. Um, so I call, uh, contacted uh, Our Lady of Mount Carmel. It's really the only Catholic church. <laughs> I mean, it was near where I uh, had been living. I was not living in Carmel at the time. Uh, and, but at least I had a contact there. And I could say that this person referred me and the Monsignor called me back. Uh, and, and he says, well, normally this is the RCIA process and it takes a year and uh, this much time. And I don't have it. I'm going to go to, to Europe and I really want to be Catholic. And so he agreed. And I didn't realize how special it was at the time when I, when I told what would be my future mother, she, she gasped and said, you're going to meet with Monsignor once a week. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, is that, is that a big deal? What a gift <laughs> that was. It, was. it really was because, um, I mean, good news, I had done a lot of my research anyway, but 
he could, you know, he spoke Greek, so he, he could get the Greek text out and say, see this word right here, this is what it means, and this is where it came from. Uh, so it, it really was amazing. And then I uh, started, uh, and then shortly after that, the, the boyfriend that uh, my, my future wife was with, uh, she broke up with him. And that's a sub story in itself. I'll, I'll, I will tell you, having, uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, of divine intervention. Um, he's happy and doing well, by the way. Uh, okay. So it, it's all good. Uh, and then I immediately jumped in and, and uh, you know, asked her out. And we started dating in March. I uh, received the sacraments, including baptism on May 6th. And then three days later, I, I uh, which is the odd thing to think about now. Heck, no, it was odd to think about it then. On May 9th, I flew out, uh, leaving my now girlfriend behind to go and traipse around Europe with somebody I used to date. Uh, Makes sense. I'm sure she was comfortable with it. Yeah, I love she was. That story, Ken. <laughs> yeah, well, she, she, you know, she, they actually were there. Everybody was fine. They're best friends, and. Uh, and it was really a truly magical experience. You know, I, I had my first confession at St. Peter's wow. uh, with uh, this, an Italian priest, uh, you know, and oh I, 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 I came in and I said, I don't really know what I'm doing. Uh, I just got baptized and confirmed in May 6th. Uh, and I love it. It's one of my favorite uh, confessions ever. You know, he, he's just also, uh, um, you know, do you, you love your parents? And like, yeah, I, I, you, you try to do right by them. Yeah, I, I try to do right by them. And, and you always honor them and do what they tell you to do right because they're smart. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, later on, I realized he was taking, you know, like much later on, I realized he'd been taking me through the Ten Commandments. <laughs> uh, the favorite part is at the very end, he says, he says, well, sounds pretty okay to me. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> That's good stamp of approval. Yeah, exactly. You know, and um, so uh, it, you know, it, it was I, it was a great time. I was on fire uh, uh, and hope to still be. Uh, I know we all go through our troughs and, and crests, but uh, certainly it was an excellent launch into what has been uh, into a beautiful faith uh, that, that I cherish. Yeah. Uh, so you went from no degree, no God, no girl. Then, then you now you're you went graduated from law school, had a wife and five kids, and um, and are uh, deep faith deep in your faith and Catholicism. So how how's life treating you now? <laughs> well, it's great. Well, you say five kids, but I haven't been home yet, so who knows? You know, I, <laughs> somebody may have poured water on one. I don't know. So you uh, multiply. Yeah, I thought exactly. maybe you were getting a new one. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I'm always afraid I'm going to come home. Is, is that right? <laughs> oh, it's the neighbors. Oh, thank goodness. Uh, no, you know, it, it really is. And, and that night and day difference, I mean, that's, that's what it is. I'm in the daylight. I'm, I'm, uh, I went from being very empty uh, and feeling shallow to being fulfilled. You know, my cup runneth over. I mean, to, to, to use the phrase probably used too much, but it was, uh, it really is comforting. And, and I think above all, I, I, I'm never alone now. I know that it, to know your love, to know you're cherished. Uh, I don't doubt that. I don't fear, you know, I, mean, I fear God, of course, but I, I don't fear he'll leave me. I would have to leave him. Right. Uh, and that, that's such a beautiful thing. And, and a, a security that for anybody who's uh, who doesn't have that relationship, I, I always want to have the gift of counsel to communicate that to them. Don't understand. You have a, a, this chance to literally never be alone, to have so many resources at your disposal, prayer, scripture, saints, people that you can study and 
I mean, there, there's not a problem that you will ever face for which there's no precedent in the Catholic Church to help you deal with. Wow. Well, I mean, it sounds just the way you talk and you describe your own faith journey. It sounds like you might already have the gift of counsel. <laughs> but just in case, do you mind me asking, what, what gifts do you think you have to help evangelize? What gifts do you think the Lord has given you? Yeah, I do have the gift of gab. I mean, I talk. There you go. Probably endlessly is, I think, what, what my wife would tell you. Uh, <laughs> and sometimes I'm telling my kids, would you guys quit? And she looks at me going, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it's like. Like, yeah, all right, good point. My, yeah, my bad. That's that's taken after me. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think then in, in, in a certain level of empathy, uh, but definitely the gap is probably what I've always relied on uh, in general. Uh, but I, I really do try to see things through other people's eyes when, you know, uh, and especially in the work that I do, uh, you know, counseling employees and especially employees in really tough circumstances. Um, that That's probably the other one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, even right now you're in our podcast office, but we're at home zooming. So you know what our lady, we like to say we're grateful no matter what, what are you most grateful for? Um, you know, obviously my faith, I, I, I am most grateful for my faith. Uh, it's a gift. Uh, there's another way to look at it than as a gift because I could not have ever earned it. And um, you know, I think I, I, in thinking about that question before, I probably thought about other things, but in the end, it really comes down to having the gift of faith. So being, you know, I, to know you've been named by God and I now know I have that relationship with him. That's the greatest gift. Mm-hmm. Nice. That's awesome. Uh, yeah. You mentioned doing a lot of research and getting your intellectual knowledge up. Is there anything you do in particular that helps you stay faithful or stay salty? We would say mm-hmm. your faith. Well, you know, number one, I love that the Catholic Church has a guidebook. You know, uh, not a lot, not a lot of, uh, not all every faith has that. But an instruction uh, manual. Yeah, exactly. You know, you can always, if you really have doubts as to to why or or what you believe or what you should believe, uh, the catechism is 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 uh, is great. Um, and uh, and then saints, uh, I think the lives of saints are. I think one of the things when people talk about the Catholic Church and they talk about the richness of it, uh, sometimes people think of the richness of the liturgy, which is there, no doubt about it. To me, the richness above all is the way we um, retain and transmit to uh, generations uh, lives that were uh, worthy and, and, and examples, you know, uh, and, and that can teach us. And, oh, gosh, the quotes, the inspirations that we have, the, uh, it's endless. Yeah, really. And Ken, who is your greatest faith influencer? Uh, you know, uh, I, I I did want to say probably my, my first, my dad. My dad was a, you know, God-fearing man, and he taught me about Jesus more than anybody else when I was growing up. And he, by the way, he and my mother converted to Catholicism about 10 years ago. Oh. Uh, I'd like to think I had something to do with it, but I, I don't think so. I, was, I think he's probably the Holy Spirit. Um <laughs> Maybe, <laughs> but uh, uh, Pope John Paul II. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I grew up knowing of him and always being, uh, you know, kind of enamored with him. Even uh, when I wasn't Catholic, you know, there was there was something about him that uh, was magnetic and attracted you. And so, uh, certainly, uh, I would put him up there as as one of the greatest, my greatest influence. Yeah. 
Nice. Honestly. Yeah. He's, he's the man. <laughs> yeah. And I came within 10 feet of him at, uh, when I went to Rome. So oh, nice. yeah. oh, gosh, yeah, that'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. Read a lot of his books. And if you, if you have to pick a state to start out with, I think he's the best one to start. Yeah, out. absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Ken, thank you so much for joining us today. I loved your story and thank you for being vulnerable with us and sharing it. So Amen. You're, oh, you're welcome. And thank you guys for having me and for everything you guys are doing and putting on this production, uh, doing God's work. And I appreciate that. Hey, you're the show. We just facilitate. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't bring my juggling balls this time though, but uh, next time. We'll, we'll videotape you. <laughs> right. All right. Would you like to close us with a prayer? Yeah, that's that's part of my role, isn't it? Okay. <laughs> name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Lord, thank you so much for Ken's life, for how you've touched his life and sprinkled in the perfect women into his life to lead him to you and lead his family closer in their faith. Lord, we pray that you continue to uh, make noticeable the little little things you do in all of our lives to lead us closer to you. Help us see those things. Help us see where you are in our life. We owe it all to you and your the faith we have is a gift from you. So please, Lord, keep giving us that gift. We ask this all in your name as we pray. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now and will be. Holy Spirit. Amen.